Once again, I'm Adam Catterall. And I'm Nick Pete. And welcome to episode four of the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, we've no in-studio guest this week. That's who normally takes the mantle when we title our podcast. However, is there a bigger fighter on the planet at this moment in time in any discipline than the Irish uh, superstar himself, Mr. Conor McGregor, who is back in action this weekend? So yep. Nick geniusly has decided to name this week's podcast... The Red Pants Party. On this week's podcast. Of course, we will be referring to Conor McGregor and his most famous catchphrases. Baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. After his performance of the night in London, Scott Ascombe explains how he's getting fat. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for it. I'm going to jam roll the I love it. Sticking with the theme of food. British and Commonwealth welterweight champion Sam Eggington is finding it hard to make £147 mainly because he's got two young whippersnappers and he gets a bit greedy with their leftovers One of the kids were eating cornflakes this morning I was saying to my, to my missus that's my favourite breakfast that is You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast Right, okay we're obviously going to start this week's podcast with Nick showing off. Yep. If you were listening last week, you'll know full well that I drew the straw to go to Frampton Quig. You, and it weren't no short straw. You were happy to go to Frampton Quig. I was delighted, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. delighted. In fact, I, I would have wrestled you for it. Yeah. Um, and you went to UFC London. That's right. Who won? Who was the winner on the night? Whose journey was worthwhile? Well, let's put it this way, right? Who tweeted who midway through the night and said, I wish I was with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win. Uh, so let's look back at UFC London. That's where we'll start because that's where the majority of the excitement was uh, last weekend. <sighs> Ain't that the truth, yeah. Um, we'll get to the main one, um, Bisping Silver, in a minute. But first of all, then prelims, there were some unbelievable fights in there, including the guy that we had on last week, Davy Grant. Davy Grant, yeah. What a performance that was as well uh, against Marlon Vera. Great fight. Uh, Davey, obviously, as we as he told us last week, out for best part of two years. So it's always nice to uh, shake the cobwebs off with a big performance. It went the distance. It went the full three rounds. But uh, Vera was penalised a couple of times by referee mm. Mark Goddard. He was holding on at the back of the gloves, obviously an illegal move in MMA. He was actually at his fingers, dug down the back of, uh, of Davey's gloves. But... Um, you know, Davey come through. It was a great performance from him, and I spoke to him afterwards. He was over the moon. But did you hear his walkout music, Adam? What did he go in? Scouse House, baby. He come out to Scouse House. That's what he's all the about. Roof, the roof, <laughs> the roof is on fire. It was from his uh, his his 1992 Golden Mega Mix, I think, <laughs> which is now available on Bootle Market, uh, sold out the back of his car by our very own Nick Pete. What other uh, fights in them prelims caught your eye? Other ones for me was the uh, the Finnish kid, that Timo Pakalan. Um, it was only his second fight in the UFC. Sensational moustache. Moustache like one of these posh bars. You're a big fan of facial hair, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, mm. I'm jealous I couldn't grow a moustache like that myself. Mm. Yours but, is uh, quite sculpted today. It is, yeah. I've been, uh, you know, I was down in London, wasn't I? Rubbing shoulders that? with the UFC <laughs> big wigs, so... <laughs> so you've got to grow a beard I, I, for it. I had it all tidied up nice, yeah. So I looked, uh, I looked uh, you know, presentable. Uh, for those that haven't seen this, by the way, um, Nick's been on telly over the last seven days since, oh, yeah. since our last uh, podcast Nick um, went down to London 
put his best clothes on, didn't you? You put yeah. your dress pants on. That's it, exactly. He, sc- he sculpted his beard and uh, did a little bit for uh, BT Sport, didn't you? Yeah. You were the official, uh, one of the official pundits, with uh, actor uh, Noel Clark Noel on there. Noel Clark, yeah, yeah. He seems a decent lad. He, he seems right diamond. into his uh, MMA. He was, yeah. He's a good mate of, he's a good mate of Bispings, and uh, I had a good chat with him off uh, off camera as well. Like He's a knowledgeable guy. He trains as well, look does you, a little bit of fight training. friends. So. Friends. Yeah. Famous friends. Speaking of Bisping. Wait, wait, you haven't even talked about the best part of the TV show? Didn't you say episode four of the Embedded Show? The Embedded Show, UFC do an Embedded Show on YouTube, and it's like, you know, their series of, you know, daily updates on what's happening. And it's about eight minutes long, and go online now, it's Embedded for Sp- Silver versus Bisping. Episode four begins with Anderson Silver dancing through the hotel. And then he, appro- he approaches a double door, Door hits him in the face and he faints a, 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 blo- a broken nose. Who's on the other side of the door? Only me. <laughs> I had all people coming at me on social media. Have you just hit Anderson Silver in the, in the face with the door? I was like, no, he was, Fights he was off. Whining. Fights off. He's injured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's injured. Nick has nailed him with a spit of two before. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of that, <clears throat> what an unbelievable oh. main event. I know there were other fights on there. We can talk about One Punch. We can talk about other fights and uh, uh, what have you. But the main event, yeah, the it, one that we're all excited about, was just ridiculous. I just, you know, I, as I said to people afterwards, I can't remember a fight where the guy who got knocked out went on to win. Because that's what he was. He was out. End of the third. Oh, my Lord. Right on the buzzer. Knee. It was just insane. It was just, you, you know, you, you watch the fight back, Adam. Obviously, you didn't get to see it live. You weren't there. But. <laughs> We're going to fall out by Bispin was saying. This is our last podcast. <laughs> Bispin was great. You know, he, he put in a great performance, first three rounds. He looked really good. And then Anderson kind of came to life towards the end of the third round. He started opening up a little bit. They, cut, they had a bit of a heated exchange over on one side of the cage. And. Bisping's gum shield fell out. This is for anyone who hasn't seen it, obviously. And if you haven't seen it, what planet are you on? You yeah. Why isn't a fight disciple podcast? Why are you listening to our podcast <laughs> if you've not seen that? You fight. need to go and see it. <laughs> but here, Dean, Bisping kind of stopped, points at his gum shield. I need my gum shield back, and it was insane for someone of his experience to stop because of a lost mouth, a lost mouth guard like that is just redonkulous, you know, mm. he, he's only got himself to blame. On this, obviously, Anderson continues. Herb Dean's like, nah, there's no lull in the action. Continue kind of thing. Twite Bisping took a couple of shots, falls up against the fence. Then again, he points at the gum shield again. As he points, Anderson throws a flying knee, connects perfectly on the chin. Sweet. Now, Mike slumps to the canvas, Bisping slumps to the canvas, he's out. And at this point, chaos, because Anderson starts celebrating... Are you, are you explaining this now from inside the O2? Yeah, so I'm so kind this of... Is what you, this is, this is how you yes, saw it all. so I'm cage side. I'm watching this unfold. I'm like, oh my lord, he's knocked him out. The cage door opens. Anderson's team's run in. Anderson, next thing you know, is climbing on top of the fence. Doing his dance. Yeah, yeah. But amongst all this, Herb Dean, the referee, is trying to... Is coming over to the corner to the to the officials on one side and he's saying, it's not over. It's not... And I was thinking, what's, what's, what's going on? Because one thing I did note, Herb Dean never stood between Anderson and Bispin and waved his arm, said it's over. Mm. I knew that. I knew he hadn't stopped the fight. But obviously, at that time, I thought, it must be over. Then amongst the chaos, everyone on the media bench obviously is shocked, surprised, but we're all communicating with one another. We're going, what's, what's happened? What's going on? 
we, we realised the fight's still going on, so it was like, right, okay, so the, the flying they must have been just after the bell, because what was going on in the, in the cage, Bisman's pointing to the floor, Anderson's opening up, the crowd just went ballistic, you couldn't hear the hooter, I didn't know the round had ended, yeah. um, so I thought, oh, the flying name must have been after the hooter then, so they're not going to disqualify Anderson because it was so close, but the fight's obviously continuing and blah blah, but it was only afterwards that we came away and I spoke to Herdy and he said, oh no, I, I didn't stop the fight, Anderson stopped stra- hitting Mike to celebrate but I never said the fight was over and then the bell saved Mike so then it was I clocked it today because I'm quite sad it was 90 seconds before the fourth round started right. 30 seconds extra because of the chaos but that chaos was was done by Anderson you know if the fight, if the round had ended Anderson goes to one corner Bisman gets carried to his corner yeah. 30 se- he would have had 30 seconds less to recuperate had Anderson not known you know not been on top of the fence celebrating yeah but the thing that shocked me, and the thing that made me think, you know what, Bisping deserves it, is he come back and won that fourth the round. The fourth round was his a joke. His face was mangled, his nose was one way, his eyes were the other way, there was blood everywhere, and he come back and won the fourth round, yeah. in my opinion, you know. And it, that was incredible, and then, obviously, I gave Anderson the fifth round, I thought Anderson was going to finish him, at, basically, from the first minute to the last in the fifth round. How Bisping stayed on his feet, it was just remarkable. Warrior, that, he's a warrior. Oh, that front... Vita Belfort style, front kick to the face! <laughs> you know, Anderson p- caught him perfectly with a front kick to the face in the fifth round, and he didn't go down. You know, I, he I'm stumbled, sorry. He stumbled instead. I'm sorry. Sensational. As, you know, as, as a, a colleague of mine said backstage after the fight, I said, wow, did, was, did Bisping just show balls or what? Has he got big balls or what? And she, she turned around to me and said, he carries them round in a wheelbarrow. And I thought, <laughs> yes, that is the perfect description of how big Bisping's balls were in that cage because, you know, whether you scored it for Anderson or not, I know some people go scored it for Anderson because they, they believe he was still strong in the fourth round. I, I don't agree, but either way, you cannot deny that Michael Bisping deserved that victory. Absolutely. And that was a, that was the, a, a victory that his legacy as the most famous and the most pioneering British mixed martial artist up until this point, you know, um, that's what it deserves. You know, the thing with Michael Bisman is he always falls short in that final eliminator. He's never had a title shot, and there's a reason why he falls short. But this was his big moment. This was his big legacy fight in London against the guy still pretty much regarded as the greatest of all time. To do that, to take his best and still keep punching, you know, finished on top at the end. And as put well. him down, oh. put him down in the second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had, he had Anderson rocking in the second round. And uh, so it, it, I think it's great for Mike Bisping. It's great for his own personal legacy. And whatever he goes to do from here on out, doesn't matter because he beat Anderson Silva mm. and he beat him in London. And he always said, Mike, I can beat Anderson Silva. I can beat him. Whether that's true or not, it's easy to say it now. Five years ago, probably not because Anderson had a different aura then. But what matters is he did beat him when they fought in London. And he, he takes that to the grave. Both of those men uh, got bonuses for performance of the night because it was absolutely sensational. Uh, one other chap that got a, a, a performance bonus that we haven't mentioned, <laughs> Scott Askham, the most sensational kick that you will ever see in your entire life. Luckily, Nick knows him a little bit, so we've given him a ring, we've caught up with him, and obviously we started the interview in typical Fight Disciples fashion. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. I'm going to ask you some random questions just to test your levels. What, if, what Have you had uh, your tea yet? Yeah, I just had my tea, yeah. Go on, what have you had? Lamb dinner. Good. Lamb dinner. He's gorging now, you see. He's not he's trying going, to make weight, going. you see, so he can eat what he likes. Gone, That's it. He's gone balls deep he's on it, isn't it? Dessert. Straight in. What have you had? 
Ah, yeah, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting. Jam roll the polling cluster. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Not playing games. <laughs> there, Not playing games. That's it. When fight week's done, we're jam roly poly and custard. I Got love it. Middle, it. Treat week. <laughs> Treat week. Brilliant. Nice one, mate. Listen. Um, in all seriousness. Congratulations. What a performance. What a performance that was on Saturday night. I mean, Nick was there, mate. He hasn't shut up all week about this <laughs> amazing head kick. He was sending me videos on the night of what you did. <laughs> Sensational stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, it was a clean head kick. Uh, it was straight left that stunned him. Yeah. When, when you watch it back on, on replay, um, he sort of just glances by his head, puts him on wobbly legs, mm. and, it, and it was just about picking which strike I wanted to put him away with. Be honest, right? Um, how many times have you watched it back? Oh, I couldn't tell you how many times. Uh, Bullshit, right? What uh, you've done, uh, you've got a video at home, right? You've got it on loop. When people come round your house, you're going, it's on the flat screen. Here, come and have a look at this. <laughs> every, time, every time somebody likes it or shares it again, I obviously have a watch. Yeah. I have to watch it, to watch it right till end. Uh, have you seen have you seen that bit where my mate's struggling to pull his shirt off? Yeah. Ryan, oh, God. <laughs> Everybody keeps on about that. It proper cracks me up. <laughs> it was the manner in which which the finish came. Obviously, the finish was beautiful. You know, he hit him with that great left hook, and he was he looked gone then, didn't he, Scott? You know, he was wobbling everywhere. He was doing yeah, a little yeah. dance, but the way you picked that left high kick was perfect. But that aside. It was also the manner in which, as soon as that left kick landed, you were gone. You were on your way. You were celebrating. <laughs> it was the old walk away KO. I don't need to see his head Classic. at the floor. Classic. He's gone. He's. I know yeah. he's gone. Yeah. Um, I, like you said, he, he won very, very wobbly legs, to be fair. He probably didn't even need that left kick before he probably fell over himself. Um, and so, so, obviously, as soon as that left kick landed... Um, I, I know, I know that were enough. Uh, I, yeah. I know that were enough. And I, 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 I surprised we said no watching it back. I, I would just walk away because Mate, it's gangster. You. Come on, that is yeah. gangster, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> most people go crazy when you do something <laughs> like that. You're, you've basically told a joke, dropped the mic, and cleared yeah. off. That's what you've done, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah, like when you watch me finish in Berlin, uh, I just went absolutely crazy, jumping on cage and mm. down camera and everything, cheering. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know where it came from. Uh, I, just, I just walked off. I didn't even put my hands in air. And then I, I just seen all my fans all cheering and blowing kisses to him. It was like, it was, it was just crazy as hell. There's no, there's no way you can plan anything like that. It was, it was something that happened. And obviously everybody seems buzzing about how I celebrated it as well. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's the show, isn't it? That's what people are paying the money for. That The, the, the big finishes and obviously the show... Afterwards, yeah. and the way that you do when you walk away from the knockout <laughs> is brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Yeah, I saw, I saw an interview you. with you, right, off the back of it, uh, yeah. and you were talking about not being fully satisfied with the performance. What did you mean by that? Well, if, if you if you watch the fight, it won't. It won't. It won't uh, I, I'm happy with the performance. I'm I just not. I'm just not fully satisfied with the performance. I got took down early for one. That, yeah. that, that's, that's what I didn't want to happen. I, I was never worried about him taking me down. I, I know. I know. Betting him on ground. I think I showed that. I think I had like three submission attempts while we were on, for, on ground. I swept him and got back to my feet. Yeah. Um, in being a wrestling, he got back to his feet well. Um, and, the, and then, it, it, even though he didn't really do much against Cage, he just he just he just had me against Cage for for maybe a minute or so, which which never looks good in judges' eyes. Uh, eventually, I managed to throw him on his head. Um, Landed on top this time, which obviously I, I was happy about. There's loads of loads of things to be happy about uh, in the fight. I think it, uh, 
it would be interesting to see who the, the round will go into. I think it'll close round, and, and obviously that's what that's what I mean by I'm not happy about the performance. I don't, I don't want to be in them close rounds. I think um, now now my grappling and my striking is good enough to be in front in the in them rounds. So I I should I should be in front and I shouldn't be worrying about a close round. I don't I don't need to do I I, I can do enough to be be ahead in them rounds. And that's what I meant by that. Were you not worried? Um, sorry, Scott. You know, going in though, when you were prepping for him and you, and you knew your opponents, obviously you know this guy's got a double A wrestling background. So, did you not in the camp think, you know what, if he does take me down, I've just got to, you know, be cool about it, don't worry about it because I'm better than him on the ground anyway. And when it gets back to the feet, then it's back to your world because that's how it kind of seemed to be. You, you weren't flustered on the ground or anything. So it surprised me that you said you were disappointed that he took you yeah. down. I was far from flustered. I don't, I don't, I don't mean I don't mean I was flustered. Or I, I felt out of my depth in, in any situation. I just mean in terms of how close rounds are. I, um, I, I was coming off uh, a, a split decision loss. Do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and la- last thing I want to be is on, on back up one of them again on a, on a close fight. That's for me. Uh, like like I said, if he took me down, we, we, we've done that many drills and that many situations. Uh, I, I know I had his number on ground. I, I had no worry about that. And to be honest with you, I, I, me and my camp, I were expected to put him away. The fight started standing. Like I said in previous interviews, I, I've been striking on the life. He, he might have been resting on his life, but I've been striking on the life. Yep. There were three times at least where that fight started standing. Uh, if I didn't get out of my way on floor, I, I knew I would have my way standing. And, and uh, obviously that, that came late in first round and, and I got the finish. Listen, with um, with the fight obviously being in London, first of all, there's two things that I want to make a point of with this being in London, right? Um, the amount of American journalists that have referred to you getting a win in your hometown, that's nonsense, right? You're from Donny, for crying out loud. It's miles away from London, right? Miles away. <laughs> Second thing, yeah, do they pay the blooming uh, performance bonus in, in dollars? Because if they do, we need to have a word sunshine, right? We need to get that exchange rate sorted. It's pound sterling. Pound sterling we want. <laughs> I, I wish it were pound sterling, but yeah, it is, it is all in dollars. Um, obviously, bonuses. You fight all, all around, all around world, and, that, and that's what it is. It's fifty thousand dollars, no, no matter where it world you are. So um, it'd be nice if it were pound sterling, but it's um, dollars. And I, I, I'm just over the moon we win. Um, obviously, I, I'm, a, I'm a Yorkshire lad, and London's not my hometown, but it's my own country. Yeah. And to, to get that win in front of all them fans is. It's his it's biggest winning career. It's most exciting winning career. Uh, I, I was uh, event, go on. Sorry, sorry, Scott. Just the whole event. The whole event's just been from start to finish. You are as soon as we got there, the, the build up and that. Anderson Silva obviously is a massive name. Uh, he's mm. a world champion for uh, people call him the greatest all, all time. Is is somebody I, I I was a big fan of growing up and being around the the hotel and that you could really tell the, the buzz around the whole event and. and how big it was going to be, and, and then obviously to get finished, and then to get performance at night bonus on on on, on a show like that. It's just it's a big it's a big step in my career, and um, something I'm really proud of. Yeah, definitely. At what point, Scott, on the night, as Adam touched on there, I, I spoke to you when we were down there as well. I was octagon side, I was front row centre. I thought right. I'd show off. Don't rub it in anymore. I wasn't there. Where were you again? Where were yeah. you falling asleep again? Ringside, uh, yeah. the Phantom Creek. Yeah, yeah. oh, anyway, right. I think I was in the bog by that point, mate. I'd gone. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I think Dempsey was still flat on his back, fast asleep, and I I was tweeting. 50 G's, baby! And I was like, <laughs> I tweeted straight away, I was like, if that's not a $50,000 performance of the night bonus, then I don't know what is. But you yourself, did, did one of your coaches kind of say it when you were in the octagon? Was it backstage? When did it sink in that you thought, actually, you know what? I think I've cashed in here. 
No, well, um, when I when I got the, um, the knockout in Berlin, um, I, I sat back and watched the whole event, and, and I, I thought I'd won fifty uh, G's that night tomorrow sure, in Berlin. Yeah, and um, and I, then I, then I didn't get it. And it's sort of like that was my first UFC win as well. Do you know what I mean it should be best night, night ever? Do you know what I mean when when you're on a fight finished. Mm. I thought I've done it. I've done, I, I thought my I, I am spot my 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 best at, at that night. So so I've done it. And it sort of put a damper on me win then because when I didn't get it, I sort of thought fuck. I fucking thought I fifty grand there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it sort of put a damper on it. But so this time to get winning for uh, front of my own crowd, that that was bonus. And, that, and that's what I'll find again. I'll find a card with Anderson Silva. On, do you know what I mean? Who's got probably most bonuses on 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 card that <laughs> yeah, night? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so and he was fighting it main, it main event. I thought. Look, I've got to win. If I get a bonus, I get a bonus. I, I, I never, I never even thought about the bonus um, when that when that flying knee landed in, in third round and uh, Herb Dean said, said he won't end the fight. Obviously, I'll, I'll move with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, um, yeah when, when the fight's finished this time, again, a few coaches were saying, uh, not my coaches, people in green room, and a few other fighters saying, oh, you, you've definitely got it, and that. And I, I did deep down. I did think I, I had I had got it. You know what I mean? But I, just, I was sort of telling myself, don't don't worry about it till 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 you get told you have. And then obviously when, when I got told, I had to like get in there. Yeah. Absolutely, lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you something. You're a long way from uh, changing streetlights, aren't you, pal? You won't be going back to doing that job. That's it, mate. No, no streetlights. Let me change my beer again. Council will be ringing you up saying, hey, hey, Scotty, all the, all the bloody lights are down in the street, mate, we need a lift. <laughs> Sod off, mate, I've just won 50 Gs, do one. <laughs> what, what's next for you then now? Obviously, you'll have, you'll have your eyes on the bigger prizes in the in the middleweight division. What what what, what in your head do you do you want to be doing next? Um, every fighter's dreams to fight in Las Vegas, of course it is. I'd, I'd love to be on them Vegas cards. Uh, mm. UFC 200 in, in, in July, like that. Ultimately, if, if I if I had I had the choice, I'd I'd, I'd chose myself and, and put myself on that card. Uh, but there's that many events that now uh, I'll, be, I'll sit down with my team and my management and see see what UFC has got, got to say. And, and um, I, I, I'll, I'll fight I'll fight wherever, whenever. Um, again, I, I, I'll be more than ready. I, I want to start making a run and, and start climbing that ladder. And I, I know I can. I believe I believe 100 that I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more than bonuses will come. Uh, I've, I've, I've had two finishes out of my two wins. I, I was unfortunate enough to get a finish in one of my uh, losses as well. Them finishes are going to keep coming. I'm just going to keep getting better and better. My game, my game's just growing each time. Uh, every every time in gym, I'm getting better. And you're just going to see a better Scott Askham every time. What's uh, what, what's the plan now, Scott? How much time will you have out of the gym? Uh, I'll only have a few days, and I'll, I'll be I'll be back in gym. I'll be back in gym 100%. Jam uh, Rolly Polly's all round, man. <laughs> Jam Rolly Polly. He'll, he'll, he'll be heavyweight in the gym, but he'll be back in the gym, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I, never, I, never, I never put much weight on. Um, I, I, I never, I, I'm, not, I'm not like a Ricky Atten style blo- uh, bloated up person, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a little bit, I'll probably get like maybe five, five to ten pounds on, but no, no, no more than that. Is that what you walk around? That's got usually about, about 195. <clears throat> you don't go no, over 200 no, I mean, or anything? No, no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm higher than that now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not trying that, but I, I mean, I, like, he's just had a lamb dinner, mate. He's just, yeah, a, yeah. he's just been having on spuds, pal. He's <laughs> having a jam rolly. He's about two fifty yeah. at the moment, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like fight week. Fight week. My weight comes down, but obviously when it works, so it's not fight week. Um, I, I, I try to keep my weight up in that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
do us, do us a favour, right? Next time you're planning a finish like that, just just warn Nick, right? Because he were wearing... I don't know if you saw it at the event. They had special 3D glasses for front row, right? <laughs> so he thought that that kid's head were coming his way at one point. <laughs> I was under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> he'd done one. He'd liked it. <laughs> it was it was class though the finish got it, it, it was like almost like a matrix moment mm. when he caught him at the left duck and he started wobbling he was doing that dance it seems like time slowed right down and you just like purposely chose that perfect high kick is that yeah, a, is yeah. that how it felt to you or was that is that a no. combination you've been practicing in the gym that's just like secondary I, I think I think just that that left kick just comes so natural to me I think it it's just something I can just throw naturally I, I've thrown it that many times do you know what I mean. Um, I seen him on wobbly legs. He actually see me like a, like a, a step. I, I look and I see that he's. Um, I see that he's dazed, and I, I just step. I step again, then throw the kick. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, even though it happened over a split second amount of time, uh, I, I just felt like I had him, and that it was just a matter of picking that shot and getting that finish. And, and again, uh, people say about about the walk, walk away. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't even realize myself at times. You know I mean, I just, uh, Leon Roberts was straight on the top of it, and. He, and it, I wouldn't have got a chance to get another shot in on, on the floor anyway. Um, he, 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 did his, he did his job uh, right and he, he went straight away. So I just, I just walked off. Um, like, why I didn't run off with my hands? I don't, I don't, it's a great, <laughs> I honestly don't know. It's just, I, think, I think all my fans were just on that side as well, uh, who had travelled down. So yeah, bizarre. Uh, they, they all were just there, so obviously I just looked at him and, and smiled and then. That's, that, a, that that's your new thing now, that's though, it. Scott. You, I, you yeah. can't celebrate yeah, no more. That's it, man. You can't do anything else. You're the yeah. walk-away coyoting now, that's it. <laughs> I'm really glad that you didn't do it, because now, me and Nick, when we finish this interview, we're going to get online and we're going to make some viral videos with, like, the bits of music in the background, a bit of Snoop Dogg yeah. going off in the background, <laughs> you just yeah. walking off into the sunset. There you go. Uh, a, a few lads have been talking about them, them types of videos. That one where... Uh, where the shades yeah, flying yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the joint comes in as well. <laughs> 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 there's, there's that one where the, the pause it as well, like the pause it just before, yeah. just before kick and go. It, it was at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Bang, job done. Yeah. This is Scott. That one where, where, where they've um, uh, ask him wins on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you enjoy, listen, mate. You enjoy it. You rightfully deserve to enjoy it uh, and enjoy that jam rolling, Polly, mate. We're looking forward to seeing your name again on the UFC. Uh, uh, big night yeah fingers crossed for Vegas you know that'd be great Thank for Scott wouldn't it cheers, great yeah. for that absolutely mate listen go and enjoy a bit of downtime and we'll see you back in the octagon Thanks very God. soon cheers guys this is the Fight Disciples podcast subscribe now via the iTunes store what a top geezer absolute top geezer that lad and yeah. his, his finish fully deserves the uh, $50,000 but I, I'm standing by my statement that it should be £50,000 sterling if you do it on these shores it should be paid by this uh, currency. I don't think you'll get any complaints from the British guys. Absolutely. They'd be falling over. In fact, everyone in the world would be falling over themselves to fight in the, the country with the highest currency, <laughs> the highest markup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Conor McGregor, you're taking everything I work for. You know what's the real fight, what's the real money fight is me. Let's see what this man is about. He talked like I took something from him. He's like a little cholo gangster from the hood. He makes gun signs with the right hand and animal balloons with the left hand. I don't get our shape. He gets our shape. His fight against the Sanyos, he looked like the skinniest fat guy I've ever seen in my life. Nate, congratulations. You're rich now. His repetitive foot patterns and his pull motions are too readable, too predictable. He'll be too slow in there. 
The speed will stifle him. His soft body and his lack of preparation, he will not be able to handle the ferocity. It's a Diaz show also, so don't forget about that. Kill or be killed, that's what I'm coming with. Business is business, he will be KO'd inside the fourth round. If you weren't excited already, I have no doubt you're extremely excited now. You're coming off the back of a lot of adrenaline. You've been at UFC London, you're pumped, you're ready to rock and roll. It's not going to let us down this weekend, is it? Because both these boys come to Ding Dong. Exactly. Do you know what? I need TRT. I need testosterone replacement therapy. I feel drained, like, physically and emotionally after Silver Bisping. But, you know, I've only got four days left to recover before Conor McGregor's return. And this fight's going to be insane. It's going to be insane because we don't know what to expect. Connor's the 145 pound champion of the world. Put him in with any 145 pound fighter on the planet right now. Connor's going to rip them apart. No, categorically, no two ways about it. He was supposed to be fighting Rafael de Sanjos for the 155 pound title and making UFC history in the process. We were super excited because de Sanjos is a beast. Could he put 10 pounds on and still be as threatening? De Sanjos pulls out last week with a, with a broken foot. In steps Nate Diaz. He doesn't want to do 155 because of the late notice. He can only do 165. Connor says, screw that. Let's do 170. I don't care. The weight means nothing. So now Connor's fighting at 170 this weekend. Mm. Just trying to, to move up two weight divisions. It's just, it, it's bonkers. It, but it's, it's Connor. It's Connor's world. And this is why we're all bought in. This is why he gets paid the big, big bucks. And this is why he's the future of the UFC, because he's generating the kind of interest. You know, Connor, the day, Connor is not the fighter that says, my opponent's pulled out, well, then I'm not fighting. Something John Jones has done in the past. Yep. Opponent's pulled out. I mean, Poland's not too well, well, I'm not too well. Well, look either. at Vadum and Velasquez recently. Okay, Velasquez, it. Fabrizio Vadum, the heavyweight champion of the world, has just done exactly the same thing. This guy's the featherweight champion. He's got more to risk than everybody else, because he's on more money than everybody else. And he's undefeated at this moment in time. Exactly. So he puts his undefeated record on the line as well, but he doesn't care, Adam. He does not care. And that's what makes it so awesome. And what have the UFC done? They need a replacement fighter. Okay, let's be honest. Nate Diaz is not a natural welterweight. He probably is only a lightweight anyway. So they've had to make it at 170 because Nate Diaz can't get in shape. Too short notice. Can't get in shape in time. So it's kind of like, it's it's not like he's fighting Robbie Lawler here. He's fighting Nate Diaz, basically an out of shape Nate Diaz. But what you find is Nate Diaz has got cardio for days. Him and his brother Nick Diaz, they do triathlons for fun, you know. They smoke a ton of weed as well for yeah. fun. But they do triathlons for That's fun. Fact, they're always way. yeah. yeah we're, no. not, we're not libeling them. We can't do that anyway in a podcast, but it's fact. Well, they're, they, they're in there and they're, they're advocates of it. This is the other thing as well. You know, he's had, what's Nate had now? Ten days notice? Two weeks notice? How long does it take for cannabis to get out the system? He's going to fail a drug test, Of course test, he's going to fail a drug test. He's going <laughs> to fail for marijuana. And if he doesn't, it'd be weird. You, yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it. But anyway, it's not a performance enhancer, so let's not get hung up on that. He even said at the press conference that when he wins, or uh, with this particular paycheck, he will be uh, spending it on quite a lot of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of marijuana. There you go. Why not? <laughs> Each to his own. Yeah, fair play, mate. Each to his own. Absolutely fair play. It's uh, it's intriguing. One of the things, in fact, seeing as that you brought up the uh, the chat of drugs, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to uh, play something because one of the uh, themes within that press conference that happened last Wednesday over in Las Vegas between uh, Connor and Nate uh, was Nate calling him out Mm-hmm. Uh, for steroids. Just take a listen to this. I don't care about weight. I They're don't care all about on the only steroids. weight I care about. They're all on steroids. The only weight I care Everybody. about. Steroids. We talking about steroids. I'm talking. We put my name in steroids. I'm major against that. Don't put my name in the name of steroids, Nate. 
The only way I give a fuck about is the weight of them checks. And my checks are always super heavyweight, so I don't give a shit. Nate, you made a pretty bold accusation a couple minutes ago. Um, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about that? What was it? What? The steroids comment? Everybody's on steroids. The whole UFC, everybody. Your teammate Gil and Jake were too caught on steroids. Not and me. You and those not me. And what are you about? And not me. I'm not on no steroids. What, you, what the fuck are you talking about? Your two teammates were on steroids. That's your two boys, the scrap pack. Remember that? Well, I'm there. They were. Did you know they were taking that stuff? Did you know they were taking that stuff? Did you? You're on steroids. Sure I am. I'm just an animal. I'm just an animal. What do you make of that? That's the first time that I've ever seen Conor McGregor react to somebody else's comments. He, he's he's dead against anything like this. And you yeah. could see there, just in his voice, that he's a little bit rattled. Yeah, and he was rattled, I think. Not necessarily rattled, but he was just upset that those allegations would be flung about by Nate. And to be honest... Cheap shot. Yeah, it was just it was a Diaz being a Diaz, to be honest with you. You know, his, his mouth's run away with him before his brain's caught up, really. Because Conor's got a point. His two teammates have failed drug <laughs> tests. Um... And Connor's never failed a drug test. Also, to that point, USADA came into the UFC in July, and up until December, I've seen the, the records of who they've drug tested the most. They've, there's three athletes who got drug tested eight times in the in the final six months of 2015, and one of them was Conor McGregor. Mm. Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, and Jose Aldo. So you better believe Conor gets tested every three weeks, because he was doing in, in two, 2015, so you better believe he is now. So he's probably the most drug-tested athlete in the UFC. But you can tell by his reaction what he thought of that anyway, the disdain he showed towards Nate, and uh, he'll probably take that out on Nate on Saturday night. Well, um, as, as with all uh, Conor McGregor fights, he does like to make a prediction. Let's have a listen to Mystic Mike. I feel his repetitive foot patterns and his pull motions are too readable, too predict predictable. He will be too slow in there. The speed will stifle him. His soft body and his lack of preparation, he will not be able to handle the uh, ferocity. So, end of the first, I feel he will be put away. I, I respect Nate, don't get me wrong, I do respect Nate, there's a lot of pussies in this game and he is not one of them, so I, don't, don't get me wrong, there's a respect there between us, but it's business in, in, in there and, and business is business, he will be KO'd inside the fourth round. You wouldn't back against him, would you? Because no. he's got a track record for getting it spot on. Yeah, yeah, and plus everything he said there, you know... It does kind of make sense as well. His footwork is outstanding. Nate is a bit lazy on his feet. Plus, Nate's coming in there at, at late notice, so he will be a little bit fleshy around the middle. So I expect Connor might be to, a little bit high. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. But I expect Connor to, to to slash those body kicks in, you know, and uh, and and throw some big shots to the body as well. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he just kind of overwhelmed Nate pretty early on. But uh, but Diaz is a fighter, and the good thing is, you know, there'll be tr there'll be plenty of flipping the birds in there. There'll be plenty of trash talk. Connor loves talking to his opponents in the octagon. Mm. He loves putting pressure on them. He loves talking to them, explaining to them why they're not going to win and why they're out of the depth and everything else. That's a Diaz chase. That's what the Diaz brothers have done forever in the UFC. The Okay, they're not quite as articulate as as Conor McGregor, or quite as you know as result savvy as Conor McGregor. But the, the conversations going on in there are going to be worth tuning in for alone. You know, it's going to be chaos. And uh, with a couple of days, days to go before the fight as well, don't forget we've got the final press conference, we've got the weigh-ins. Mm. 
We're going to have Nick at the weigh-ins as well. It wouldn't surprise me if it kicked off a little bit backstage. I'm sure the UFC have got extra security in there. But, uh, you know, Connor, Connor's never one, you know, he does, he's not one for biting his lip and certainly not as the Diaz brothers. So this, I think this story's got a little bit to play out yet before Saturday night. But on Saturday night, you know, it, it's tough to look past Connor. To be honest, I think RDA, the lightweight champion, was probably a tougher fight than Nate Diaz. Yeah. In all opinion, you know, in, in all honesty. Well, he's only got a bruise. Ice. Yeah. Well, yeah, according to Connor. <laughs> according yeah. to Connor, of yeah. course. Um, just in case you're listening, uh, Raphael, I do not condone <laughs> Connor's uh, chat there, so don't come looking for me, all right? Because I believe that you have genuinely brought your foot. That, that was a tougher fight. RDA's a beast, you know, he's yeah. a monster at lightweight, and uh, I think that was just a dig by Connor because he was upset that he's not going to get to win the lightweight title, which is a bit frustrating. With all this chat, by the way, the, uh, the other core uh, headliner that's kind of really been forgotten. Oh, yeah, there's, there's other fights on the card. <laughs> there, 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 there is other fights on the card, but we're only going to talk about one of them. It is, of course, uh, uh, the return of Holly Holm, yeah. who uh, is the lady that is famously uh, for knocking out Ronda Rousey. She's got Misha Tate in a side yeah. fight. This is this is a, a very close contest. The Preacher's Daughter against Cupcake Tate. Uh, yeah, it's... What I like about this fight is if this fight happens before Ronda, then it's, you think 50-50. You think Holly Holm, obviously one of the in a, in a, at a time she was the greatest female boxer on the planet. Mm. She's transitioned to MMA sensationally. Obviously, I'm trying to ignore what happened against Ronda now, but you'd think, okay, she had a couple of good wins in the UFC, but is she quite ready for Ronda? This is the gatekeeper. Misha Tate's the gatekeeper to Ronda. Nobody, if you beat Misha Tate, you get a shot at Ronda Rousey kind of thing. What happened is Misha was tied up. They they streamlined uh, Holly Holm straight into the fight with Ronda Rousey. What happened, we all know, sent reverberations around the world. Holly's high, left high kick. So come back to this Ronda, fight. Ronda wants Holly Holm to win the fight, though, because she yeah. wants to be the person to, to beat Holly Holm. She doesn't want Misha to, to win this fight. Of course, well, she's beaten Misha a couple of times anyway. Mm. So, you know, for her to... For Misha to beat Holly Holm then suddenly looks worse on Ronda because it's like, well, you know, you couldn't beat her, but Misha Tate could beat her and blah, yeah. blah. And plus that would give Misha Tate new confidence. That kind of doesn't surprise me. But it's a tough fight. Misha Tate's incredibly well-rounded. She's got a great ground game, a stand-up solid as well. Okay, she's not a submission expert like Ronda Rousey, but she ain't going to have to be a submission defence expert because Holly Holm's not a, sus- a submission expert. So this fight's going to be a tough kickboxing match, but wouldn't surprise me if Misha got her hands on Holly, put her down and tried to grapple her, you know, try to get bring, yeah. some, bring some good, honest American wrestling involved and try and beat Holly up on the ground. Problem is, obviously, Holly's now riding the crest of a wave. She's got incredibly fast hands and super boxer, super big boxer, kicks as well. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Uh, so there you go. There, there is another fight that we can look forward to <laughs> yeah. at UFC One Nine Six if the main bill doesn't actually live up to expectation. But it's McGregor. Don't, it yeah, will. No, live so you're, up. you're saying that you're trying to tarnish it now because of what you experienced last weekend oh, of main it. main fights not living up to expectation. Uh, listen, we can't put it off any longer. We're going to have to talk about what happened in Manchester. Have you watched it back? Of course I've watched it back, yeah, yeah, watched it back. Oh, front row. The, gr- oh, the great thing was, I watched it back with the benefit of being able to watch it on forward. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically took so everything I that the I said to you, couple of rounds. Yeah, whatever I said to you on text, you basically said, right, uh, he said that it would crap up until eight, so let's get yeah. rid of the first day and let's watch the last So, so I watched it, this, this is the beauty of digital TV now, I watched it on that, you know that double speed, so <laughs> there's no commentary, but you can, you can see what's happening, yeah. but it's kind of super quick. Mm. So I kind of watched the first six, seven rounds like that, and I thought, well, you, you know, it, it's Frampton's fight, obviously. 
and then I watched it in real time when when Quig came into it to see how close it was down the stretch. And you know the last four rounds were great. Yeah, they were. It was a great fight. My mind with it has changed so many times. Right. So on the night I'm watching it and I'm thinking. I'm surprised by Scott Quigg's tactics in the first two to three to four rounds. I'm thinking yeah. he's he's giving these rounds to Frampton. What's the tactic? Is he going to come on strong at six and really put it on him, lull him into a false sense of security? If so, sound, I'm with you, okay? Yeah, yeah. But I thought that he would come out nice and fast, lay it on him and beat him up and get him in a war because that, for me, was the way that he was going to go that win was, that that's fight. That's Quigg's world. So when I then don't see that happen at six, I don't see it happen at seven, I don't see it happen at eight, I'm thinking, what? what's going on here? Is, is there something wrong? Mm-hmm. I don't know. At eight, then he comes out and he starts tearing the place to pieces. And I'm oh, sorry, at nine, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, right, okay, this is what I expected in one, two, and three. And then for me, he doesn't lose a round till the end of the fight. Yeah. So I've got Frampton winning eight rounds, Scott winning four rounds. The decision of 116, 112 for me is absolutely bang on. I'm a little bit surprised that somebody's called it as a split decision. Yeah. However, I would have gone unanimous Frampton. And that pains me to say because I'm a big Scott fan and I wanted him to win that fight. I've, I've made noise and graces in, in, in me saying that. Then after the fight, we find out Scott's broke his jaw in the fourth round. Incredible. So then I start thinking, ah, okay. All right, fair enough. That's that's probably some way of uh, explaining it because you've got to be some tough dude to yeah, yeah. be able to fight with eight rounds with a broken jaw. And that then would make me think maybe the tactic did have to change. Maybe he's thinking, I was going to go at five and six, but mm-hmm. I can't risk it. If I come in and I get one on my, on my chin, I'm going because yeah, I've yeah. got a broken jaw here or it's hurting in some way, shape or form. So that started playing my mind. Then I watched it back on the telly, right? Again, on fast forward. Uh, but I, I was paying more attention to the stuff that you don't necessarily get to see when you're ringside and you're mm-hmm. actually in the arena. The stuff that's in the corner, the in-between-the-rounds type stuff. Yeah. And for me, I was gobsmacked. That, again, I'm massive fans of Joe Gallagher, massive fans of Scott Quigg. I was gobsmacked that they didn't see what I was seeing at ringside, that they seemed in some way, shape or form surprised that they were behind when that information came through to, for them to uh, then think, we're five five behind on Sky's cards, we're four behind on such and such a body's cards. It seemed me, well, that was, I I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that they didn't see that, really. Yeah, it's strange. Sometimes when you're in the corner, I guess you can be caught up in it a little bit too much. But yeah, it's absolutely. a big camp, that, as well. You know, we, we know all the lads in, from that camp on a, on a personal basis. And they're all students of the game as well. So it, it is, it's, it's surprising that one of them didn't just go, you know, it's round six here, guys. What's going on? Mm. You know, we're down six rounds here, or you know, we're best part of six rounds down. I'm like you for you know, obviously when the when he got when I got broken jaw in the fourth round, you know, that explains four to eight. Then that explains four yeah. to eight. You know, he's in trouble. Why he's not gone early? He's yet. in pain. You know, he's kind of thinking, wow. You know, it shocked him, scared him. You know, whatever game plan goes out the window. But that doesn't for me explain rounds one to four. Yeah, you know, I, I was like you, Adam. You know, I I would have bet anything that the tactics were to come out guns blazing to put Frampton in a in a fight get the crowd going you know really get the MEN bouncing or the Manchester Arena bouncing whatever it's called these days and really try you know split because that would have also got Frampton's crowd going as well as it was Frampton was just allowed to be a technician and to look good for me I thought he looked good his footwork was great looked great picked his shots let's great. not take anything lovely. away from him he looked great he did look good but, it looked but like, he was allowed to look good it looked like Scott was was a hired sparring partner at some stages mm. you're like what's going on give it to him. go at him 
you know, I was there. I was there the night Ricky Attenby costed two, and I'm not saying that that was the golfing class between these two. Far from it. It was a fifty-fifty fight, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, two yeah, world yeah. champions, but they put it on each but other. But that night, Ricky went in with the game plan to take it to Costa 2 and people didn't take it to Costa 2 he was a legend you, yeah. you know he'd hear people but Ricky took it to he wanted it his will to win overcome and for me Scott didn't get to show his will to win not until down the stretch the last four rounds then he showed us he wants to win the fight then he shows us he wants to be a two time two time world champion but until that point it just didn't happen and that was what was the most most frustrating thing from being a, from a fight fan's point of view mm. um uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what... I haven't spoke to the camp since now, but I'd be surprised if they're not kicking themselves. One thing that I do know from spending a bit of time with Scott and with Joe Gallagher, it won't happen again. I'll tell you something, the, the, the next time that we see Scott Quigg out in uh, fighting, whether it's for a title or whether it's just anything, I'll tell you something, he's coming out all guns blazing oh, yeah. and, and he's nailing I'll tell you now, I, I wouldn't, don't I wouldn't like to be his opponent. <laughs> I, I would not like to be his opponent. Exactly. But, but disappointingly, his next opponent... I'd be highly... It, well, it ain't going to be Carl Frampton. No, it's not. That's the problem, you see. It ain't going to be Carl Frampton. So who does he fight? Is he waiting to see who wins out of Jazza Rigondo? You know, and kind of going to go down that route and face Rigondo, who's, you know, arguably the, the best fighter, one the, of the best fighters in the world. Again, I, I think the kid's name, uh, I forget, the Oriental fella who is probably in line for the IBF title. I mean, the, the likelihood is, is that Carl Frampton is going to step up in weight class. Yeah. He'll relinquish and not defend his IBF crown. To fight Cruz, yeah. So yeah. therefore, yeah, he wants to step up to fight Santa Cruz at featherweight. So therefore, yeah. you're looking at uh, a shot, maybe, uh, for the number two and number three in the IBF, which is uh, Frampton. And I can't remember the other guy's name. I apologise for that. Uh, but they'll probably go toe-to-toe for that. That would probably align. There's uh, Nanita Donaire, the Filipino flash, that you could probably have a little bit of a, a do with. And like you say... It's got to be Rigondo or Jazza, whoever comes out of that particular yeah. fight, because you wouldn't see him stepping down to fight um, a British domestic fight next, yeah. but or, Mac- unless he wants to test his jaw. But then McDonald's talking about te- stepping up, isn't he? Dave Caldwell told us last week that McDonald's well, Gavin won at the weekend as well, yeah, uh, yeah. who uh, is now in line for the WBC shot. That's what I mean. So, and, and his brother's stepping up to that weight division as well. Yeah. So that could be an all British. Obviously, he's a world champion now at bantamweight. So that could be a, in versus Quig could be an all British. You know, super bantamweight world title fight as well. So the beauty of it is that he's young enough. This ain't the end. And I, oh god, no! Far and, from and we it. Will, I think Scott Quigg within his next two fights will be world champion once again. Yeah, uh, it'd just be interesting to see what the conversation is when they watch that tape back together. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think we'll be there, Nick. I'll be honest with you. No, I mean, neither do I know. <laughs> let's, let's get him in the studio next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll let's all watch it back together. But I just wonder if they, they watch it and be frustrated, you know, and kind I of think go, there will be. Oh, did we get it? Did yeah, we get it? I think there will be. Uh, it's, it's tough to say because obviously Joe's not here to explain what the tactics were. But, uh, you may be right. The tactic may have been four rounds, let him get comfortable. From round four oh, onwards, do we do him. So that may well have been the tactic, you know, low Frampton in. Obviously, the broken jaw at the end of the fourth round, th- you know, the baby goes out the, w- the window with the dishwater or whatever the saying is. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's hard to say they got the tactics wrong, but obviously, from a, from a fan's point of view, from the people that paid for the pay-per-view, people that sat ringside like yourself, it was kind of... It was a damn squib, wasn't it? It a just didn't bit. result. It, it, it didn't. We didn't get what we'd hoped for. That's it for this week. Um, we appreciate you downloading our podcast. If you could ever so kindly um, subscribe and, of course, uh, write us a lovely five-star review. The reason yeah. being is because it increases our visibility on the iTunes charts and we would like to obviously then 
um, gain a little bit more momentum worldwide. So if you can help us out with that, that would be much appreciated. You, there's nothing in it for you. No. Nope. There's nothing really in it for us. It's just obviously... No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to get our voice to well, as many like, years as we possibly can. It's bragging rights, isn't it? You yeah, know, we can, we yeah, can yeah. attend these events and look down our noses at other podcasters yeah. from the UK and go... We've got the most popular the boys. podcast for fight sports in the UK. So that, that's all it's for. Um, next week, we have something extremely special for you. Next time with the Fight Disciples. 12th of March, Echo Arena. It's that rearranged title fight. Lightweight. Is he going to do it in his 50th fight? Derry Matthews is on the show. And we will also be catching up with current world champion Terry Flanagan. And as well as that... UFC 196 will be all over the first 5, 10, 15 minutes. It depends how long that fight lasts for. Depends how long Connor wants it to last for more than Well, he yeah. says it's only three minutes, so we'll give him three minutes next week. That's what we'll <laughs> yeah. do. Uh, like I said, thank you very much for subscribing. Uh, make sure you write us uh, a lovely uh, review, please. And yep. we'll catch you next catch week. Catch you next week for Derek and Terry. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. If you're wondering where Sam Eggington is... Make sure you press the subscribe button because it's an additional extra. Hit subscribe, get additional content. Brucey bonus. In a bit.